I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning, and welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison. I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of, little bit of something today. Uh, I'm only doing about two hours a week now. I used to do 10. And what I found over the first couple of weeks of doing this show is that I end up leaving a lot on the uh, cutting room floor. So just letting you know, if you want to ever catch this show uh, later in the week or any other time, you can't tune in from 9 to 10 on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I do have a podcast. You can go to The Mike Madison Show. Just search for that on any podcast uh, platform. You should be able to find it, Apple Podcast, Podbean. Uh, but I'm going to be adding some stuff to that. And what I had been doing was figuring I would just take things I didn't cover and use them the next week. Time passes too fast for that. So what I'm going to do is uh, on the podcast, I'm going to have additional episodes there. I think I'm just going to title them and another thing or leftovers, something along those lines. So if you want a little bit more during the course of the week, and I'm probably going to end up putting out some health shows and stuff too uh, on my podcast. So just search for The Mike Madison Show, and you should be able to find it there. So anyway, all right, we'll start off today kind of leading into our topic for the day, which is going to be, I I know that I can be misunderstood. Uh, I've got a debate uh, going with Stephen Utroska. Liberty Stephen from the 6 to 7 o'clock morning, and this has been going on for a couple of years. Stephen and I are friends. He feels you should reform the Republican Party, that that's where it's at. I kind of feel like it should be trashed. It's just the corruption's just too deep. And so I, I'm for third parties. Myself, I'm, I'm a libertarian guy. I did join the Libertarian Party about a year or so ago. Um, if they turn into the same horrible party they were before, I'll disassociate with them. I, I'm just, I'm not a party guy. But I think people sometimes really wonder why, in this day and age, with the Democrats being as bad as they are, why don't I just stick with the Republicans and try to reform them? That's Stephen Utroska's point. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my backstory. I, I, and I, I ran across a story, something that the Republican Party did years and years ago, just to show you that authoritarianism, even though we're seeing it so badly on the left right now, particularly during COVID, it's nothing new. And the Republicans are just as guilty of it. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about in just a few minutes here. Actually, several different examples. Uh, Quotes of the day today to keep in mind as we get into the show today. Here's one from Oscar Wilde. He said, disobedience in the eyes of anyone who has read history is man's original virtue. It is through disobedience that progress has been made through disobedience and through rebellion. I think people will learn this. It will be a, a the right is, eh, you don't want to raise a ruckus. 
the left has gone crazy. They use their disobedience willy-nilly. A lot of bad cases, but uh, the the law and order crowd out there, if they pass a law, we got to follow it. I think you're going to rethink that in coming years. We'll see. Uh, Henry David Thoreau wrote this. He said, There will never be a really free and enlightened state until the state comes to recognize the individual as a higher and independent power from which all its own power and authority are derived and treats him accordingly. Well, uh, judging by this picture, I, I don't know when Henry David Thoreau lived. Uh, judging by this picture, late 1800s, early 1900s, we're still not there, Dave. Um... Let's see. I also had this one. This was a meme put out. It's one of the Lisa Simpson presenting on the stage memes. It says, if you believe a politician's promises, you probably think strippers like you. Now, I don't know if the ladies get that one or not, but uh, <laughs> the guys out there know what I'm talking about. Um, before I get into what is really going to be, I'm just going to show you why I left, uh, several reasons why I left the Republican Party and the things that they do today that I think makes them irredeemable. But before I do that, I'll go ahead and play this one clip because it's just too delicious. And to make sure people understand, I am equally, if not more so, contemptuous of the Democratic Party and the thugs and thieves that run that party. This was Chuck Schumer. Now, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson got the January 6th footage. And some interesting things have been coming out of there. It's going to change nobody's minds. The January 6th hearings didn't change anybody's mind. The film of that Tucker Carlson has got is probably not going to change anybody's minds either, but it's important for people to see. And it's showing that what they are categorizing as this insurrection, this violent act, was certainly nothing of the type. <laughs> Chuck Schumer. And I, and I know I'm a little late to getting to this, but I just can't help it. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer just he cannot allow the American people. And what many people have pointed out is very interesting. People like Chuck Schumer want cops to wear body cameras, right, so we can see everything that goes on. But when we get video of everything that went on, he wants it quashed. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting them go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. These laws. Yeah, another threat to democracy. <laughs> there we go. Oh, gosh. Really bad. Yeah. They, they cannot allow you to see what has actually gone on. Uh, I did have, uh, let's see, one other, one other quote of the day as we start to get into the meat of the show. Uh, George Orwell, I've read this one before. George Orwell, Orwell said, A people that elect corrupt politicians, imposters, thieves, and traitors are not victims, but accomplices. Uh, that's another one of them to keep in mind. I thought this was pretty funny. You know, the uh, Republican Party, kind of the, I've kind of compared them to uh, kind of on the Democratic Party, they just seem kind of deranged, you know, if they. If they're going to rob your business, they're going to go in, they're going to bust in the front door, they're going to trash the place, they're going to scream stupid things at everybody, and they're going to take all your stuff. The Republicans are more like, uh, through the administrative state, they'll just take all your stuff. Like, they may leave the front door intact. You know what I mean? It's just a different class of crime. The, the result is the same, generally. 
They're looting the place. But Republicans are known to, they just feel a little bit more polished as a criminal organization. Not as, not as reckless and radical. But I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, we, we saw that CPAC uh, took place a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, please pardon me, I have not had a chance to look this guy up. Vivek Ramaswamy? I think I might have nailed that. Uh, this is a guy, he's an entrepreneur. He's lo- running for the Republican presidential nomination. I got a lot of people who are talking to me about him, say he's great. I- I'll be honest with you. I'm busy these days. I just, I want to sit down and listen to what the guy says. I'll probably go back and listen to his CPAC speech. But here's the interesting thing. CPAC, right, where the conservatives are. We all know the Democrats cheat. Uh, we knew from the WikiLeaks stuff that probably came from Seth Rich, who was probably murdered by the Democratic Party in the Hillary Clinton camp. We found out that the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign cheated to get Hillary Clinton the nomination over Bernie Sanders. When this came out, several people on the left took this quite personally, and they left the Democratic Party like normal people do. When they realize that their party apparatus is rigged, they take off. Now, certainly not everybody in the Democratic Party. Many people just tried to ignore it. People are very good at ignoring things that don't suit them. But here is from CPAC. It's very interesting. So Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he went on to Fox Business with uh, Stuart Varney after the CPAC thing. And here's what he had to say about CPAC. He boasted about the standing ovations he received during his address to the crowd at CPAC before making this allegation. He said, quote, there's also a funny little secret I learned, Stuart. I'm new to this as as an outsider. One of the things you see as an outsider is how corrupt this system is. You know something funny about this? I've attended CPAC before, and I didn't know it works this way. A consultant calls my campaign shortly uh, after I declared and says, Hey, we can get you up to number two on there, talking about the straw poll, if you pay a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, well, well. What what do you think about that? This is why I don't draw a whole lot of distinction between the Republican and the Democratic parties. They're both criminal organizations, both rotten to the core. So apparently this is this, oh, CPAC, it's such a great uh, production. Feels very, you know, it's got got probably a very heavy Christian uh, bent to it. All very above board, very polished, very professional. No, it's just another part of the sleazy political machine. That's CPAC for you. Uh, More to this when I get back. I'm going to start talking about some of the things that people, I don't think they understand. I know the Democrats are horrible authoritarians, but you just, partisans, you just don't see the things that are are happening in your own camp. So I'm going to point them out to you when we come back. A shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me All right, here are a couple of almost funny quotes of the day. These are from uh, the Republican Party just in the past couple of weeks, uh, judging uh, coming from their Twitter account. Um, Here is what, uh, let's see, they tweeted this. I don't have a date on it. 
the GOP, the Republican Party, tweeted out, government should be so small that you don't even realize it's there. Boy, that's right up my alley. The problem is they don't believe these things. GOP tweets out, government should be so small you don't even realize it's there. Now stick with me. I'm going to show you in just a second what I'm talking about. Here's another tweet uh, from the Republican Party. This one I do have a date on. This was March 2nd. For some reason, they put out a picture of a girl on a on a horse. I'm not sure. Is that Christy Nome? I'm not sure. Uh, some cute girl in Western gear on a, uh, on a horse. Uh, it's a big Happy Friday message. But above it, the GOP tweets out, less government, more freedom. Less government, more freedom. So this is always interesting to me. These are the kinds of things that sucked me into the Republican Party back in the 1990s, these kinds of words. And then I started paying attention. Um, I want to play this. This is, uh, if you were with my show before I came back, when I did my two hours a day, I've talked about this repeatedly, but I think it's so important. Um, and you can email me, mikemadison at wyeb.com. I'll send you a link to the story or just do a, a search. You don't need me. Go to YouTube and look up uh, 60 Minutes Under the Influence Medicare. This was the 60-minute story about the Republicans passing Medicare Part D the largest entitlement program since Johnson. And they did this in the early 2000s. It was Republicans. It was George W. Bush. And I pointed this out many times because it was interesting to me. I thought to myself, self, this party told you they were for small, limited government, yet here they are passing this huge entitlement. This this and the wars were the kinds of things that woke me up. But I just love this one clip just to show you. You know, I talk about the two different criminal gangs. Because, I, see, I know a lot of people say, can't he just get on board with the Republicans? This is what conservative talk radio is. It's us against them. It's, it's the right versus the left. Not on this show, it's not. It's the 99% of us, 99.9% of us, to the 0.01% of them. That's what this show is. Uh, so this is, uh, this is from the, the 60 Minutes piece on Medicare Part D. Uh, and they're talking to Billy Towson. He was a Republican, and I say was because soon after this was, soon after Medicare Part D was passed, within a few weeks, I believe, he parachuted out into a $2 million a year job as the head lobbyist for, anyone, anyone? Big Pharma. So this is 60 Minutes talking to Billy Towson, and they're going to talk about the other Republican sponsors of Medicare Part D. To Billy Tozan and former Medicare chief Tom Scully, they weren't the only public officials involved with the prescription drug bill who later went to work for the pharmaceutical industry. Just before the vote, Tozan cited the people who had been most helpful in getting it passed. I specifically want to thank the staffs of our committees from Ways and Means, John McManus, who did such a great job. Within a few months, McManus left Congress and started his own lobbying firm. Among his new clients were Pharma, Pfizer, Lilly, and Merck. Huh. On the majority side of the Finance Committee, Linda Fishman. Fishman left to become a lobbyist with the drug manufacturer Amgen. Huh. Not the least of all, but the Energy and Commerce Committee staff who toiled so hard for us. Chief of Staff Pat Morrissey. Morrissey took a job lobbying for drug Thank companies Novartis and Hoffman LaRoche. Huh. Jeremy Allen. He went to Johnson & Johnson. Huh. Uh, Kathleen Weldon and Jim Barnett. She went to lobby for Biogen, a biotech company. 
he left the lobby for Hoffman LaRoche. Huh. They did a marvelous job for this house, and we owe them a debt of thanks. Thank you all. Oh, yes. In all, at least 15 congressional staffers, congressmen, and federal officials who worked on the prescription drug bill left to go to work for the pharmaceutical industry. Whose and there you go. Whoops. Profits were increased by several billion dollars. Well, there you go. There, there you go. This is just, it, it was such a, it was, an, it was a, an awakening moment for me. And so this is one of the things that I really woke me up to the Republican Party. But it was, it was also some of the authoritarian nature of the Republican Party that really got to me. Um, I remember one of the things that kind of woke me up to this. It was one of the other so-called radio, uh, conservative radio stations here in the market. As a matter of fact, it was probably the largest so-called, air quotes here in the studio, conservative uh, radio station uh, in Mississippi. And one of their most popular hosts was reporting uh, years and years ago, I don't remember the year, on the BP Gulf oil spill. And I was listening to this on the radio, and they were having one of these meetings where the, uh, the executives from BP came down here. Uh, and remember, if you remember the Gulf oil spill, it destroyed just thousands of people's livelihoods. It destroyed the fishing. It destroyed tourism for a while. It really hurt a lot of people on the coast. And so the head of BP was taking some questions, and one of the fishermen— a guy that was, uh, I can't remember, what, a shrimper or whatever he was, his livelihood had been destroyed by this spill. And here come these companies, these executives from BP. Now, look, I'm not anti-oil. I, I thank God every day for gasoline in my car that allows me the freedom to travel over long distances in short amount, short amount of time. But here's what I'm getting to. So this executive with BP, which had just trashed the Mississippi Gulf Coast, destroying many people's way of life, uh, this fisherman stood up and started yelling. They started yelling at the guy, asking what they were going to do. How could they do this? Something along those lines. And this air quotes here in the studio, conservative uh, talk show host started saying, tase him, tase him. The conservative talk show host wanted the little fisherman whose life had been destroyed by this oil spill. He wanted him tased. So that he would just sit down and shut up, not disrupt this thing, not be an agitator. And see, this is, I've brought this point up before. I played a clip a couple of weeks ago about, uh, who was that? Uh, no, Hakeem Jeffries. He got shouted down by anti-war activists because he's, pro he's a proponent of this endless money and arms and everything to Ukraine. And he was shouted down by some of his own constituents on the war issue. And I said at the time, can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? Republicans at a Roger Wicker event shouting him down. No, because most Republicans have been domesticated. You don't want to stand out. You don't want to cause a ruckus. And this was kind of along those lines. But when I heard this, air quotes here in the studio, conservative talk show host wanting like the police to tase the guy who had been hurt by the BP oil spill so that the BP executive wasn't uncomfortable. That was another kind of eyebrows-raising moment for me. Is that what Republicans are for? Uh, but the, it's not just in the past, although I'm going to get a couple in here real quick, and then I'm going to get to a biggie that really started me on this in the first place, something I hadn't—I don't know if I've ever even covered it on the show before. 
Um, but there are still things going on, some little small stories that have been coming out of the past couple of weeks. A South Carolina senator wants to hit new residents with a $500 Yankee tax for moving to the Palmetto State. The bill proposed by Senator Stephen Goldfinch, Republican, would require those moving to South Carolina from out of state pay two one-time fees, $250 for vehicle registrations, and a $250 for a new driver's license. He says, uh, quote, I'm not trying to build a wall, and this is not a fee against new residents. It's a fee for people to catch up with the rest of us. I think there's a rational basis for requiring newcomers to catch up with the rest of us and contribute to the roads, bridges, schools, and green spaces that we've, the residents, always contributed to. So this is, this is a Republican uh, just putting an arbitrary tax on people who move there. Now, this may appeal to some people for some reason because you, you've been taught to hate everybody from the Northeast. They're all liberals, and now they're coming down to a conservative state, and we're going to tax them. Uh, no. That's, that's so... That's so gross. And then there was this one. There was this one. Uh, Republicans out of the free state of Florida. The free state of Florida. Florida bill would require bloggers who write about the governor to register with the state. Florida Senator Jason Brodauer, he's a Republican from Lake Mary, wants bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis, Attorney General Ashley Moody, and other members of the Florida Executive Cabinet or Legislature to register with the state or face fines. His proposal, Senate Bill 1316, Information Dissemination, would require any blogger writing about government officials to register with the Florida Office of Legislative Services or the Commission of Ethics. In the bill, this guy wrote that those who write, quote, an article, a story, or a series of stories about the governor, the lieutenant governor, a cabinet officer, or any member of the legislature and receives or will receive payment for doing so must register with state offices within five days after the publication of the article that mentions an elected official. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's just about as creative. That sounds like something that a Democrat would do. But this is happening at the state level uh, with the Republicans in Florida. Now, luckily, I think I saw, I think I saw that DeSantis came out and said he did not like this. But I got to tell you, it might have been because of the conservative backlash against it. I hope it was conservatives who were backlashing against this because it was absolutely horrible. There's all kinds of arbitrary things where you have to register, you have to pay all these fines, you have certain times to do it. This is what Republicans are. Republicans love to take big government and bash people over the head with it. I talked about it last week, Ron DeSantis closing the loophole on Disney, and I was so surprised to see conservatives cheering for private property being taken over by the government. But that's, that's what it is. And then this last one here before I get to my biggie after this break. Now, this was uh, out of Wyoming. A group of six Republican lawmakers in Wyoming are proposing to phase out the sale of new electric vehicles in the state by 2035 to protect its oil and gas industries and preserve critical resources. And, and I am totally against this complete push to going into uh, electric vehicles. That's wackadoodle stuff. But the response should be to just remove any mandates and let everybody have freedom of choice, whatever you want to buy. 
But what happens when you throw in with either one of these parties, if you really pay attention, what they do is they want to win elections so they can use the tremendous power that we have somehow let them have to just do whatever they want to. And Republicans as a party, there's certainly some good ones out there, but as a party at the state level, at the local level, at the federal level, they're not interested in your freedom in getting the government out. Remember what I told you the GOP tweeted earlier. You want the government so small you don't even know it's there. Less government, more freedom. This is what the GOP is tweeting out. Meanwhile, they're putting restrict. They're making lo- uh, bloggers register. They're laying new taxes on new residents to a southern state, and now they're refusing. They're they're banning people from buying electric vehicles in certain states. This one, particularly in Wyoming. Republicans are just a different kind of authoritarian. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. I what I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go, I'm watching you, turn your back like you always do, face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. I All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Uh, I'm doing kind of a breakdown of why I just can't get on board with the Republican Party. Now, I I believe it's so corrupt at the highest levels. There's some good Republicans, no doubt about that. But they're so corrupt at the higher level that the good ones just won't ever really lead the show in the Republican Party. And the Republicans are just a different kind of authoritarian. So I saw all these stories about the new taxes for new residents, about stop, you know, forbidding people from buying electric cars, um, story about registering bloggers. And then, of course, there's the wholesale robbery and con job of the uh, Medicare Part D. But this is something that I don't know if I've talked about before or not. This is something that, uh, that happened years ago. And this was one of those eye-opening moments to me. And, and I got to tell you, I'm playing it basically because it still makes me angry. Uh, I'm a poker player. I really like uh, No Limit Texas Hold'em. Became a big fad. I kind of got into it a little bit before the fad hit, but uh, I enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed playing online poker. And do you know who didn't allow me to play online poker? Who came in and said, for my own good, translation, nanny state, They just could not let me play poker anymore online. I was playing at tables for like $5 or $10. $5 or $10. That's what I did. But the Republican Party uh, really rallied around the idea that I should not be allowed to do that. And in particular, it was Bill Frist from Tennessee. Now, this happened after I had woken up to... The, the authoritarian nature, the big government Republicans, which is really what most of them are in the end. Um, but I wanted to play a little bit out of this uh, this story. There's a there's a documentary out there called Bet, Raise, Fold. I don't really know how many people would be that interested in it, but as a poker fan and somebody who lived through when they went through and wholesale just crushed online poker, because heaven forbid Mike Madison sit on his couch and exercise his right to spend $5 to play a game of poker when he's got nothing else better to do. Republicans just couldn't have allowed me to do that. So I wanted to play a little bit of this just to show you the authoritarian nature of this Republican Party. Anything about it? The Department of Justice hated internet poker, but they did not have the weapons they need to close it down. 
you got to have a defendant who is physically present in the United States, and you need a good statute that makes an activity illegal. They didn't have the statute. The best they could use was the Wire Act, which is a statute passed in 1961 designed to go after telegraph wires for horse races. It's kind of like using stone tools to do brain surgery. Um, it might work, but it's extremely messy. So they want a bill passed that will clearly state that the Wire Act covers internet poker. And year after year, Republicans in the House of Representatives keep introducing bills to try to make internet gambling expressly illegal. This is a scourge on our society. And they would pass one house and not another. Or they'd pass out of committees, but not pass the House. What we had in 2006 was the majority leader of the U.S. Senate is Bill Frist, Republican from Tennessee. He's the one who pushed through the only bill that ever passed, the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act. And how this uh, happened is really a, an, an incredible story. And really, now, this won't surprise anybody who's hip to the whole sliding stuff in on bills and doing it for purposes other than what you're saying. Uh, what they're going to tell you is that they just love everybody so much. They love everybody so much. Now, I want you to keep in mind this, too. I'll tell you now instead of at the end of it, so you can kind of think of it in this state of mind. Uh, what's the argument uh, for taking everybody's guns? A few bad people do bad things with guns. And we all think it's absurd that that means that they want to take guns away from the people who are not doing anything wrong, using them for protection or sport, right? Isn't that the conservative mindset? We don't strip everybody of a right because a few people have abused it. Isn't that the crux of the argument for conservatives when it comes to gun control, notwithstanding the fact that it's the Second Amendment and we're allowed to have them? But yet the Republicans, as you will hear now in the rest of this description, the Republicans use that exact same logic that the left uses on gun control when it came to Internet gambling. French of democracy. How y'all doing? Say hello. Good to see you. Yes, indeed. The speculation is that Bill Frist wanted to try to make a, a presidential run and that this was a way of trying to shore up his, um, his evangelical base. Are we going to lead or are we going to follow? And the Republicans, as we all know, have a clear cut vision of where we're going to take this country. And he didn't care about internet gambling either. But Jim Leach, who's a very powerful Republican, from Iowa does care. He wants to outlaw internet gambling. Internet gambling is crack cocaine for gamblers. You just click the mouse and lose your house. Iowa. Oh, now that's a very cute saying. Now, just click the mouse and lose your house. Isn't that cute? Um, I've clicked the mouse thousands of times, never lost any big money. And so he thinks, just like the left thinks about guns, he thinks that because some people have problems with gambling, everybody should be prohibited from playing. You see what I'm saying here? This is why I tell you it's the uniparty. There's no difference between these parties. They want control. They want big government to exercise their authority. Well, of course, it's the state with the first presidential primaries. So Bill Frist figures, well, a good way to win over Jim Leach and establish his bona fide credentials with the extreme right wing is to outlaw internet gambling. As it is now, this industry threatens to undermine the quality of life of millions of Americans by bringing an addictive behavior right into our living rooms. But they couldn't get enough. Oh, 
uh, yeah, if the Republicans are going to go out and outlaw everything that's addictive, uh, I'd like all of you to spend the next five days without a cell phone. Just use your home phone. If there's a pay phone out there somewhere, you can, you can still stay in touch. Everybody put down your cell phones for five days. For those of you on social media, no checking social media for one month. Yeah, there's a lot of addictive behaviors, aren't there? Aren't there? Except the ones that ser- serve them, <laughs> they're fine letting you have those. But if it comes to courting votes for Bill Frist, and the thing that's so aggravating is he didn't even get the nomination. He did this took away the rights of millions of people who were just enjoying a recreation in their home, not hurting anybody, not putting their financial lives at risk. He took it away because he wanted a few extra votes in the first primary state. Votes for, uh, for Congress to pass a bill that would pass both houses. Nobody cares about, cared about the issue. Bill Frist saw an opportunity by attaching it to a must-pass piece of legislation. Uh, the oldest trick in the book, right? Just shove it into a piece of legislation that has nothing to do with it. Safe Port Act. No one in their right mind was going to vote against the Ports Act, which is essentially a national security policy. The Safe Port Act had passed both the House of Representatives and the Senate. They go to conference committee at like 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. It was at that point that at the past of Senator Frist, the language for the UIGEA was then inserted into the conference report. No hearings, no discussion, no chance to even read the bill. It was essentially thrust down and to a certain extent hidden by those who passed the law. The Safe Port Act will make this nation more prepared, more prosperous, and more secure. There's comments from members of the Senate and House of Representatives saying this is not the way laws are supposed to be made. What does banning internet gaming have to do with port security? What kind of social, cultural, authoritarianism are we advocating here? This <laughs> That's, that's uh, Barney Frank, if you remember him. Uh, Barney Frank was right on this issue. The Republicans were wrong, at least the ones who voted for and supported this were wrong on this issue, but boy, uh, he was not around long enough to see what kind of cultural authoritarianism was coming from his side uh, years later, was he? Uh, there may be a little bit more in this clip. Let's finish it up. section was added to the bill in an attempt to fire up the far-right anti-gaming elements in time for this year's election. The Republicans simply rammed it through, and they said, you don't like it, then vote against the Safe Port Act, and we will campaign against you that you're in favor of terrorism. It's that kind of process that was engaged in that really upset a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. The Senate changes. The people who serve in this body change. But what doesn't change is that every one of us who serves believes deeply in the genius of the American democracy. Oh, makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth. This is what he said in his farewell as he left, and I believe uh, Frist, I'm not sure if it says it in here, I've got to assume he became a lobbyist of some sort <laughs> when he left Congress. Uh, so he failed in his presidential ambitions, but he stripped millions of Americans. Uh, the Justice Department also struck swiftly and went and seized the assets uh, of people who had their money on these poker sites. Uh, many of people, stupidly, but 
there's no there's no law against being stupid or the prisons would have to be a hell of a lot bigger than they are now. Uh, some people had almost their entire life savings. They were professional poker players. They kept their money there. That was their bankroll. Uh, they were frozen out of that for years and years. And then eventually uh, it was released when the Justice Department felt good and ready, good and ready to let people access their money again. So see, what you're dealing with here when you're looking at Republicans and Democrats, you're just dealing with two different levels of authoritarianism. And this is why I cannot get behind. I'm certainly not going not gonna to be a Democrat. They've lost their minds completely. But the Republican Party is just a more polished, classy level of corruption, thievery, deception, and authoritarianism. And I wish more people would see it and stop electing the ones that participate in it. Uh, quick break. Right back for one more segment. Stick around. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. Yeah. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. All right, final segment for the day today. Um, and even when they kind of fight, when I'm talking about Republicans here, when they, when they kind of fight, right now we're seeing a bunch of trials. Anthony Fauci's getting grilled by Jim Jordan, Rand Paul, kind of the usual suspects and great sound bites where they kind of fight back. We don't ever see any perp walks. Just until anybody, I mean, if Anthony Fauci does not deserve to be in chains, who does? Well, that's a weird question because the list is actually really long. But you know what I'm saying. When they fight back, it's always rhetorical, maybe. And then we're on to the next thing. I mean, think about all of the myriad of things that have not been addressed over the years. Where a big scandal erupted, and then we just moved on to the next scandal three, six, nine months, 12 months later. And all of the people who perpetrated the first, you know, the lowest learners of the world, when she used the uh, IRS to go after uh, Tea Party people, she skated. She's collecting a taxpayer-funded pension right now as we speak, I'm sure. They're always so weak and even fighting back. And, and the reason is, is because I, th I think it's mutual assured destruction. They say, look, we won't hold y'all accountable for anything. We'll score our points. You know, that's kind of the, the deal. Yeah, we can grill each other. We can score our political points, but we won't actually do anything. We'll go to cocktail parties afterwards and kind of laugh, and we'll compare who got the best soundbite for the day, but we're not actually going to do anything. Uh, one of the biggest threats coming our way is this idea of a central bank digital currency. And God knows, put in the hands of the Biden regime, this is about as dangerous as it can possibly be. Uh, Republicans, some of them may be standing up to it a little bit. And this is what I'm saying. Listen to this. Uh, President Joe Biden and his, and his administration are attempting to develop a, and quote, authoritarian style, unquote, and quote, surveillance style, unquote, digital U.S. dollar through executive orders warned House Majority Whip Tom Emmer. He's a Republican from Minnesota. The four-term congressman recently introduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act to prohibit unelected bureaucrats in Washington from issuing a central bank digital currency that critics argue could diminish Americans' financial privacy rights. The bill, which has several Republican co-sponsors, including Andy Biggs, who I think is a good guy, Young Kim, 
uh, Republican from California, would also ensure that the Federal Reserve is held accountable in its research and development of the digital dollar. <laughs> Are you serious? The Federal Reserve has not been held for accountable for a single thing in over 100 and it's about 110 years now, 100 and, 109 years. This is what this guy said, this Emmer guy said, and I love him for fighting back, but this should just be a no-go. We're not doing a central bank digital currency, full stop, nothing. Here's what he said. He said, the consequences, if we get it wrong, are far too serious. If we get it wrong. <laughs> of course we'll get it wrong. The Biden administration is currently itching to create a digital authoritarian-style surveillance-style digital dollar through an executive order. He added that efforts to digitize the U.S. dollar need to be transparent and protect Americans' right to financial privacy. Developing a digital version of the greenback must enhance financial inclusion, ensure transactions are efficient, and refrain from threatening Americans' privacy or sovereignty. There is no way if we give them the power to issue these central bank digital currencies that that is not exactly what it will do. You will have absolutely no financial privacy. They will herd us into this like cattle, like like sheep. There is not a way to get this thing right. The Republicans need to be stopping this thing, strangling it in the crib before it even thinks about launching. Instead, what it sounds to me like they're going to do is go, well, okay, a central bank digital currency is okay. Let's just make sure it's a good one. Let's make sure it respects privacy. There is absolutely, absolutely no way a central bank issued digital currency, a central bank which shouldn't even exist, I might add, which shouldn't even exist, there's no way that it ends up being a good thing for all of us. Republicans should be stopping this in its tracks. Uh, they've just run the test on this thing, and I'm sure the results are coming in. If Republicans do not stop this, and I'm sure they won't, because you know what it gives them? Power. Power that they will use when they're in control. And the Republican Party is not about all of the flowery things they tell you. They're not about less government, more freedom. They're not about a government so small we don't know it's there. They're about a government that's huge and monstrous and able to fulfill what they want to do when they're in power. Never, ever forget that or fool yourself. That's all the time I got for today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Street's no good when it's time to handle business And we know what to do, what to do.